0: Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Nori with you. Jocko Willink with us. His book, Leadership Strategy and Tactics. Do you find, Jocko, that most successful individuals are good leaders?
1: Well, there's different levels of success and there's certainly people that might not be the best leaders, but they're very good individual contributors and they do a great job in their individual skill and they're pay a huge contribution to a team. So I'd say you don't necessarily have to be a great leader to be successful, but one thing you will find is even with individual contributors, you know, leadership isn't just about people uh, listening to what you have to say. Uh, leadership, uh, there's, a, there's a big piece of leadership that is knowing how to follow and knowing how to be a big, good part of a team. So I would say in general, yeah, people that are successful, they have good leadership qualities, they might not necessarily be in a leadership position, but they are able to lead up and down the chain of command to help the team.
0: When, uh, when you started doing this, and again, we talked about you as a, as a youngster, I bet you had heart, though, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I was a I was a pretty gritty kid, and once again, when you're not extremely talented, then you have to kind of learn how to gut through things. So I, I'd say I definitely learned how to gut through things at a pretty young age.
0: In Iraq, did you see some things that were horrendous? And I don't mean the tragedy of war, but I mean in leadership.
1: Uh, you know, you'd see some things that you definitely would would frown upon from a leadership perspective. But you know, most of the time, teams working together and and the military does a good job of of bringing its leaders and training its leaders up to a good level. But, you know, I always say that the one person that's not going to become a good leader is someone that lacks humility, because when you lack humility, you already think you're the best leader, so you don't listen to anybody. Those are the guys, the guys that had the big egos, that thought they knew everything. Those are the guys that were problematic, and yes, that can be very horrendous from a leadership perspective.
0: Those were the narcissists, weren't they?
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. They're, they don't listen to anybody else. They don't listen to anyone below them in the chain of command because they think they know everything. They don't listen to their peers because they think they do it better. And, and oftentimes, they don't even want to listen to their boss because they think their boss is up in the ivory tower. They don't know what it's like down here. And so, yep, they don't listen to anybody. They don't even do any good self-assessments to see if there's anything that they could do better. It's, it's a real problem. The ego is, is the biggest problem that, that leaders have.
0: In your book, leadership strategy and tactics, do you try to train people how to be better leaders?
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. And, the, and what you can do as a leader is when you, when certain situations unfold, there's there's strategies and tactics that you can do to get those problems solved. So, you know, if you've got, for instance, let's say we're talking about egos. Let's say you've got someone that's got a big ego on your team, and and you know, below you in the chain of command, they got a big ego. They think they know everything. They don't want to listen to anybody. There's some strategy and tactics you can do to to give them some humility. And one of the ones that I love to use is I used leadership as a tool often to teach people things. So if I had a guy in one of my platoons that had a big ego and didn't want to listen to anybody... You know what I'd do with him? I'd put him in charge of something. I'd put him in charge of a training mission. And that way, he sees how difficult it is. He realizes his own limitations, knows that he's not as good as he thought he was, and it actually humbles him. So there's all kinds of techniques and strategies and tactics that you can use as a leader.
0: What about some leaders who, you know, just lie and do whatever they have to do to, you know,
1: advance? Well, some people like that, I mean, over time... Th- they're going to get found out. And, and this is one, one that's tricky about this is because you'll have someone that's, that's lying that's stepping on other people to advance, and sometimes, guess what, they do get advanced. They do get the promotion because the, the senior chain of command isn't in the trenches, so they don't see that behavior up close. But the thing is, over time, in the long term, that is not going to work. People do not want to work or follow or have on the team people that they don't trust. Trust is a huge part of being part of a team. You know, trust is what a relationship is, right? If you and I trust each other, we have a relationship. If we don't trust each other, we don't have a relationship. A team is a bunch of people that have relationships with each other. So if someone's untrustworthy, they're not a good team member, and that gets found out over time.
0: Jaco, if you're a parent, how do you work with a child, 10-year-old, 15-year-old, to get them to develop these skills when they become adults?
1: Yeah, the, you know, so I have four kids, and the oldest one is twenty now. The, the the next one is eighteen, then seventeen, and I got a little straggler at the end who's only ten years old. So I've <laughs> seen all these leadership principles app- applied inside my own family, and you know what we what we want to do. And this is a, a little bit tricky because we can get emotional when it comes to dealing with our own family. First of all, we want to detach. We don't want to get emotional with our kids. And the the other thing is, you want to teach them how to lead. Let them be responsible for things. Let them, you know, have them make their own peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Have them make their own lunch for school. Have them tie their own shoelaces. Have them be responsible when they don't do something. Hey, if guess what? If you didn't get up early enough to make your sandwich for school, you're not going to have a sandwich in school today. Let them suffer the consequences. Look, do you let them go and play in the road in the highway? Get hit by a car? No, I'm not talking about that. But I also often say about parenting that if you're helping your kids – you're hurting them. You need to let them brush up against the guardrails of failure. You need to let them learn about taking ownership of things, being responsible. And when they aren't responsible, when they don't behave correctly, there's got to be some consequences. And usually the world itself provides enough consequences for them to learn lessons.
0: How would you have categorized Hitler as a leader?
1: Uh, Well, obviously a very disturbed man, uh, first of all, but clearly he was charismatic, and he had a vision that he was able to convince other people was correct. The problem, the, the big mistakes that he made, like we've been talking about all along, is he became an egomaniac, and so instead of him listening to his great military advisors that he had, he thought he was right, and he made all the decisions. So, hey, hey, General, or hey, hey, Hitler, hey, Mein Fuhrer, we should not fight the Russians at the same time we're fighting the, the rest of Europe. Uh, no, we're going to invade Russia. Okay, well, it didn't work out very well. That's a classic example of someone's ego getting out of control, not taking advice from their subordinate leadership, and, the, you know, they end up losing the war. I mean, we're thankful for this. But it was certainly his ego that became a problem.
0: Can a leader, a good leader, be evil? Like, I I would assume Hitler was was evil as all get-up and insane, but he may have been, at least for Germany as they were concerned, a good leader.
1: Well, yeah, and we see where it ends up. So, uh, eventually, if someone is an evil person... Their their leadership is going to be ended because they're not doing the right things for the right reasons it and caves in on It's them. going to fall apart.
0: Yes, exactly. And then you look at other leaders. You know, people like John F. Kennedy. They liked Ronald Reagan. They liked people like that. Were they good leaders? Did they have traits? Do they have certain traits? Good leaders.
1: Oh, certainly. Good leaders. There's there's certain traits that good leaders have and. You know, uh, you know. You look at Reagan and you look at Kennedy. There's two good examples. Is They're both very articulate, right? And being articulate is a trait that people have. And the more articulate you are, the more clearly people understand the message that you're trying to pass. So being articulate is a very important trait. Can you become more articulate over time? Sure. You know, if you read and you study and you practice speaking to people, you can become more articulate. But just like, you know, uh, Strength training, if you're a weightlifter, there's some people that have more genetic capacity to, be, to have more strength, and there's some people that have more genetic capacity to be more articulate, and there's a bunch of different traits like that, and no one is going to have you know, exceptional traits across the board that are all perfect. It doesn't happen, so what you have to do as a leader when you have an area that you're weak in then what you need to do is build a team around you where you have people on the team that complement your weaknesses with their strengths. So if I'm in charge of our platoon, and let's say I'm not very articulate, and you're my platoon chief, and you're articulate, or I would find you at the, in the SEAL teams and say, hey, George Norrie, I, I, he speaks really well. He can get his message out very clearly. I bring you into my platoon, and now when it comes time to put out the message to the rest of the platoon, I say, hey, George, here's what I want you to put out, and I let you do that, and I put my ego in check instead of saying, well, no, I want to do everything. No, I say, you know what, George is a little bit better than than this at, than I am, so I'm going to let George put out the work, and now we have a stronger team, we have stronger a stronger leadership team, because we work to, to use our strengths to the benefit of the platoon.
0: Why don't schools teach this to kids?
1: You know, it, it, it's a great question, and when I look at you know like i said i got four kids all gone through public schooling there's a lot of things that, that you wish that they would teach kids in school and they just they just don't do it i think over time our education system it 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 kind of it kind of develops in a certain way and certain things drive whether it's whether it's testing whether it's trying to get into college there's certain things that drive schools to teach kids certain things and i think over time it's become a little bit distorted
0: I think so too,
1: yeah well, actually, both my parents were school teachers, uh, you know b- b- high school high school teachers. My mom taught English, my dad taught history, and I know there's a, a lot of great teachers, teachers that my kids have right now, a lot of them are great, um, but sometimes you look at it you know, as, as a whole and you say, well, you know, maybe these things could be done a little bit differently.
0: Do you do many live events before companies?
1: Yeah, you know that's i so I have a leadership consulting company called echelon Front and that is what we do. We go around working with different companies, getting their leadership, training their leadership on how to lead, and getting leadership teams aligned so that they can execute well. Yeah, I do it all the time. That's my job. You
0: kind of take us through a course. I mean, how do you handle it? You're, you're in front of all these network, these, these uh, company executives. Do you call them up on stage? What do you do with them?
1: So, you know, it's, it's a consulting firm. So what we do is we go into a company, and we'll spend time – figuring out what it is that the... Well, first of all, we figure out what the company does, but once we've got that figured out, which doesn't take very long. You know, we read, they explain to us what they're doing, but then what we do is we spend time interviewing people on the team up and you're down. You're
0: not the like the guys in office space, though, are you?
1: I, I You know, I wouldn't <laughs> quite say we're like the Bobs on, on office space. Um, and one of the things that is different... so So consulting firms... You know, they look at what, what kind of processes people have. They look at what kind of what their P and L is doing. They see what their numbers look like and they analyze that stuff. And, and and we don't. You know, we look at leadership. That's what we look at. And I'll tell you, in any company, in any organization, the problems that teams have, the problems that businesses have, they're all leadership problems. So you show me a company that has the, the P&Ls aren't working. I'll show you the people on that team that aren't paying attention to the mm-hmm.
0: P&Ls. Who, you hires, who hires you for the company, Jocko? Is it the it, it, president or somebody sees something wrong?
1: So, Well, actually, actually, I would say 80% of the companies that we work with are companies that are doing well that want to do better. Uh-huh. And they recognize that leadership is important and they're not doing well. So it tells you right out of the gate that they're humble. They've got an attitude where they're looking and seeing, oh, we could make some improvements, which, by the way, is why they're doing well as a company, because they're humble, because they make adjustments, because they don't think they know everything. So in those situations, it's people inside the company, whether it's the CEO or someone in the C-suite or some of the the senior management that says, oh, yeah, we can do better if we improve our leadership. They bring us into those companies. Those companies have open minds. They adopt what we're talking about very easily. Sometimes, though, we work with companies where there's a problem. And it, let, let's say it's the board of the company that brings us in to fix the problem. And guess what? In those companies, they don't think they need help. They, their egos are big. They think they're doing well, but they're not. That's why we're being brought in. And the very reason why they're not doing well generally is because they lack the humility to say, oh, guess what? Maybe we're doing this wrong right now. But instead, they're pointing their fingers saying, it's not us, it's the market. It's not us, it's the union. It's not us, it's our employees. It's not us, it's our competitors. And when you just sit around and blame everyone else, guess what? You don't fix any of the problems. And that's why the companies are going down. So most of the time we work with companies that are doing well, that just want to do better. Occasionally we get brought into Fix companies that are having problems, and usually those pro- well, they're, they're always leadership problems, and a lot of times those problems are centered around centered around the egos of the individuals leading the team. I was
0: going to say, are you met with much resistance by any of them?
1: Occasionally, and it's it's usually the type of companies that are not doing well, and and once again, the reason that they're not doing well is because the leaders already think that they're doing everything right correct even when they're losing millions of dollars they think it's not me it's these other elements It's the market it's the employees it's the competitors they blame everybody else which means they don't take ownership of the problems they don't make any adjustments and they continue to fail and and yes, those individuals can can bring resistance and if if i do my job well i'm able to show them themselves in a mirror let them see what the problem is they wake up and they say, okay, yes, I'm the problem. Here's what we can do to fix it. But with arrogant people, even when they look in the mirror, they see perfection. <laughs> and so it can be challenging to fix them. And those are the people that usually don't end up, those are the people that end up not making it. And we have to go out and, and bring in someone else to lead the company.
0: I love to use the example of Blockhouse, Blockbuster Video. They had all these video stores. They had the market all lined up. Yet they were asleep at the wheel and didn't see streaming video on the horizon.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I forget the number, but I think they had an opportunity to buy Netflix for like ten million dollars, oh. and they sat there and said,
0: and they had all the programming.
1: Oh yeah, they had everything. They could have, they could have, they could have and should have. But once again, as you just pointed out. If you're arrogant and you think, well, we're blockbuster, no one can touch us. We've got all these stores. We've got all these relationships with Hollywood to get these movies. No one can touch us. That's exactly what they thought. They didn't make any adaptations. They didn't change as the market shifted. And they ended up, those thousands of stores that they had all over the country, all closed.
0: All closed. That's right. I mean, just crushed. Crushed by Netflix. And now Amazon's doing its thing.
1: Rushed by ego, their own.
0: Ego is very dangerous, isn't it?
1: It is indeed.
0: Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.